worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Oh, Ken, it's Ken, it's Welcome to the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things everything. We talk about all things video games, all things toys, all things comics, all things movies, all things Lego, all things Star Wars, all things cutting the cord, all things everything. And the best part of all is, is that it's all in canon. We are your hosts. As always, I'm Boris. And this week, I am joined by Phil. Cheesecake. <laughs> And Tyler. And you already got the laugh. You know I'm here. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, it's another Sunday. That means it's time for news. And there's a lot that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about paying more in Canada for your digital purchases, including PlayStation Store. We're going to be talking about Cyberpunk 2077. We're going to be talking about Disney and its earth-shattering news and all the new stuff coming out with Disney. We are going to be talking about so much this week and it's, um, you know, why not? Why not uh, bring out and change the world, um, you know, in December of 2020? And whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, we're going to be talking about that and kind of get our feelings towards more updated content with uh the HBO Max and their, uh, again, earth-shattering, industry-changing announcement from 10 days ago. Uh, yeah, so a lot to talk about, guys. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about some of the shows coming up. So tomorrow is Monday. That means it's Mando Monday. And we're going to be talking about all things Mandalorian Chapter 15 season 2 episode 7 um it's uh was a hell of an episode and we really get in deep with an awesome guests in Brad and Lisa from comic book counseling podcast uh, they were awesome they were a lot of fun and it's a must listen episode if you watch the Mandalorian even if you don't watch the Mandalorian it's a very fun discussion because we talk about the ever-growing world that is Star Wars and the mirroring of you know us in our world with Star Wars and their world so that was a lot of fun um so before we get started guys you know a little catch-up Phil what have you been up to this week Wow, Cyberpunk 2077, man. It's like, you know, going through that, but as well, like, as we're going to discuss, I actually had to, like, tap out of the Disney call. Like, that was a big day with the Video Game Awards and the Disney call prefacing it. I thought it was just going to be, like, 
oh, Disney are going to have this conference call and they're going to say, hey, we got some stuff going on to the investors. And it turned out to be a full blown presentation, which blew my mind. I got to the Star Wars part and I was spent. (laughs) I didn't even catch what's going on with the Marvel stuff. And I figured, oh, Boris is going to tell me. Yep, pretty much. And then apparently you've gone in deep with Stadia. You're all Stadia. You're pro Google. I'm telling you, I think it's The Verge put out an article this week saying that Stadia is the way to best play Cyberpunk 2077. And I was watching Lou later last night, and he's also echoing that. He's playing it on Stadia. So... It's uh, it's an interesting uh, dynamic that Stadia is bringing to the table, especially considering all the controversy about the base PS4s and Xbox Ones having oh. performance issues. The whole thing to get into. Yeah, exactly. We're for sure going to be talking about that. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you've spent most of the week, later part of the week, playing Cyberpunk. Uh, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Tyler, how about you? What have you been up to? I had also playing a metric ton of cyberpunk. I took two days off of work to play it, and that's where I've been at. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. All right, guys. So without further ado, let's get started, and let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077, since that you know, pretty much took over the latter part of the week for both of you. So let's start with first impressions. Tyler. I'm a big fan. I don't. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about like, oh, it didn't live up to my expectations. And I don't I don't understand that from from purely a, um, you know, uh, what you were a purely gameplay perspective. I don't know what else you thought it was going to be. Like, this is what they advertised. Um, There have been technical issues. I've been amazingly spared from the vast majority of anything bad. Um, I, I, apparently I've been having an abnormally low number of bugs, so I've been really enjoying it as a result. Yeah. Um, one thing that, and before, okay, so I will let Phil, Phil, your first impressions on the game. Uh, I'm kind of in Tyler's boat here. Like, first of all, I, I had apprehension about the game just because me, open world sandbox type games don't always get along, but they did actually deliver on what I was hoping and have a compelling narrative that's easy to adhere to. So that keeps me engaged in the world, especially the opening four or five hours. Uh, And I've been lucky enough with Stadia to be the beneficiary of having probably the lowest buy-in on this game with the least amount of issues. In the sense that I don't have to build a huge computer. I can just still maintain my little AMD laptop here that I'm recording on. And I don't need to go out and get a PS5, you know, trying to engage into that shit show. But I do get to give Google my 80 bucks, and essentially I'm getting 60 frames per second at 4K. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, I'm loving the experience. And the game doesn't have any bugs for me. It doesn't crash. It performs great. Like, I'm just like... All right. And then I look at video on the internet of people playing it on a PS4 basic or Mm. a uh, Xbox, you know, the Xbox one and they're getting 10 frames per second. It's unplayable. 
yeah. in some in so, some videos that I'm seeing. Yeah, so there's there's two sides to that that I think we need to delve into. And the first one is that, like at the end of the day, CD Projekt Red, like they are a com- they're a computer focused company, which is not to excuse this. It's more to be like there are a bunch of settings that you can access even on the console versions, and those are worth fiddling with and adjusting. Um, I found it not hard to find people who go into depth what to do, but I did a little bit of fiddling for the PS5. And it made it look so much better, um, which I thought it looked great before. But doing stuff like removing the film grain is like it's like a must change setting for most people. It looks like. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I'm just on that point where you're saying, you know, they're a computer company first and uh, full respect. But the fact is, is that CD Projekt Red hit yeah. the big time with witcher 3 on consoles that catapulted that company and that dev team right like that 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 took a a smaller company and made it triple a kind of thought process so i think that they need to show up and deliver on the consoles because or they should have just made the decision that this is a ps5 xbox one or series x or whatever and you know make make a decision about it because by releasing it and trying to get the millions of sales that they're getting off of the pre-existing base yep. it's a big risk right they couldn't go ps5 when there's no ps5s out there right oh, yeah. they're, I mean, they're uh, gonna lose out yeah. like they announced yeah. yesterday that they've made back all of their development money and all of their um licensing and everything so paying for keanu reeves and all that it's in the bank because they're trying mm-hmm. to make that dumpster fire go away now, right? A lot of it's a full-on dumpster fire. I, I mean, I mean, I think there's a few things to break down from this. Uh, the first of which is I agree entirely. This shouldn't have been released for last-gen consoles. It, 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 it can't be. Like, people are saying it barely runs on mid-range PCs. Mm-hmm. Like, they leaned into making a next-gen game, and this really suffers from that. Because yeah. I, I'm with you, like, you know, if it's not running, you have every right to be livid. Yeah. Right. I don't know if it was perfect timing on NVIDIA's end or there was some, you know, communication to from CD Projekt right, to NVIDIA. But the day before the release, so on Wednesday of this week, NVIDIA pumped out a update to all of their drivers. Um, so, you know, well, that just, happens all the time. With I know, releases. but the timing was just, you know, it was just perfect, especially for such a beefy game. Um, so yeah, you know, for sure. I can't speak to the game cause I still haven't gotten my copy. It's in transit. I will be getting it later today. Um, so I'll be talking about it for sure when I do get it. Uh, but you know, it sounds like some of the internet rage is justified. Um, you know, I think people who are running on older consoles really got screwed screwed for the most part because you know when you're playing a console you shouldn't have to fiddle with your visual settings outside of brightness or gamma you know there's not much that you should honestly fiddle with it's not a computer game it's not it should be optimized to those consoles yeah and that's the way it's always been with the console stuff right it's nice that it's there it's nice you have the option I, I actually kind of disagree because if you look at a lot of these new consoles and especially the new Xbox, how do you make something that, that is that is optimized for both for every version of the Xbox new generation when they're so different? But that's the issue right there. Why 
then what's the point of having a console at this point? I agree. What yeah. is no, the yeah. point? Yeah, I know, I know. That's the thing. Like, like, we're getting to the point where these consoles are essentially mini computers to the point where if every game moving forward is going to have the options available that Cyberpunk 2077 has for optimizing to your console, I think you're going to start losing out on a lot of console players because a lot of console players are console players because they don't want to fiddle with stuff. They don't want to constantly upgrade. They don't want to deal with a lot of the stuff that are now being presented to console players. So, I mean, yes. The con- like, I, mean, that's, I don't think that's on CD Projekt Red, though. I think that's on that, that specific bit is on Microsoft. Because I don't know how else you do it, especially when you look at like the differences between televisions, where whether or not you have HDCP and whether or not you have all these different things that can forward, I don't think you can, like, there's so much tech on that end now. I don't know how as a company to do that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, oh, it sounds a bit like apologia. Like, I, I don't, I think it's worth remembering that a ton of games come out bananas buggy at the beginning, and we yeah. still love them. Skyrim is still an insanely buggy game. Witcher 3 never solved Roach teleporting onto buildings. That just never got solved. And everyone was okay with that. Um, so, you know, I think we do have to accept that any new game is going to have some level of bugs in it. Uh, yeah. That being said, yeah, it, it, I think it's a combination of CD Projekt Red could have done better. And some of the criticisms are insane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and it's, I know it's the same as anything, were... right? Go ahead, like Phil. somebody can get somebody can get a product in. It's like when you read an Amazon review. Okay, I'm going to rate this product. Well, the service guy was terrible. The guy who delivered it was a total asswipe, and he sure. threw it in my downstairs driveway under a rock. And I'm one starring this product. That has no relevance to the product. That yeah. was your experience with another company delivering you that product. And yet people feel justified to do that kind of thing. And that's kind of what's happening with some of the criticism for this for this yeah. game. Well, this game people got are a just lot of, like this game got a lot of ill will before its release. You know, in the mm-hmm. video game and the geek culture and those geek circles, you know, people love to pile on. So the fact that this game has been delayed became a meme for people, um, which I knew was going to lead to people just shitting on this game regardless if regardless of whether it was going to be buggy or not. So, you know, you have to deal with that culture thing, which is why I say, you know, to a certain extent, reviewers um, and reviews and, and word of mouth and forums and stuff like that is one thing, but you really have to go out and try the product before you can even make a decision for yourself. Um, you know, so I think that this game was unfairly being targeted before its release. I think that there was going to be a lot of conversation and controversy for this game, regardless of how good or bad it was. Well, the other side being, to agree with you, and to to bring it back to Andromeda, like Andromeda, so much, like there's like a, there's like a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's like a, um, uh, a cottage industry of making fun of the game now. There's reviewers who are doing Mm -hmm. it, there's people who are doing it, and in cyberpunk, we're seeing this metastasization of some of the worst stuff going on in the industry right now. Like reviewers are getting death threats, both for giving it good reviews and for giving it bad reviews. Yep. And that's, that is ludicrous. Um, you know, I don't, yeah. Uh, yeah. The fact of the matter is, is that bugs exist. 
All right, the bugs aren't game breaking. All right, it's not like a Bethsaida game, right? <laughs> Where it's it's pure comedy on kickoff. It's more like, oh, I know you guys tried really hard, and I know you're still working on it. So I, I can yeah. have enough patience on that. Where it falls down for me, though, is the base consoles. Like, 10 frames per second is not playable. It's garbage. And people people aren't drawing in. Signs aren't drawing in. Like, the game is literally in an unplayable state on that front. And yeah. that should... That needs to be addressed. Like you can, I, you can leave yeah. another bug in there, but you need to get this thing going on on an Xbox based system and whatnot yeah, because that was where you made your money. That was where you I sold guess. six million copies of the eight million to people who are running it on a console and being told it plays on a console. In fact, there's not even a PS5 version of it yet. You're playing the PS4 version on your PS5. That's in the pipe. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's it, it that's deplorable. It's not death threat deplorable, or anything like that, justifying that. But it is a really bad image. Yeah. For that yeah, company I, to do done. I think it's worth. I think I think it's worth looking at the fact that, you know, this is definitely a triple a triple A play from like a game. Um, but I don't, I don't know if like CD Projekt Red is still a very young company in, in the gaming world and they're still very much doing their own thing in a way that like no one else is mm -hmm. right. Like, but the sizzle like, that was sold with this game. All right. Keanu Reeves, Grimes, okay. the soundtrack, everything about it, the advertising campaign, it's impossible to not want to be in on this game right now. And you've sure. taken a huge install population, which you're, again, cashing in on, and you're alienating them right out of the gate to not only your company, like this game, but your company potentially, too. Their stock took, like, what, a 29% dive on Friday? Yeah. I mean, so I'm, here's my pushback, because I think that that is a very... I think that CD Projekt Red is operating different than a lot of these other companies. And if you look at Witcher 3, there were a metric ton of things on release, and it did not release on all consoles at the same time. It was PC first, and they kept doing patches and free DLC until, what, last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how they've always said they're going to operate as a company. Like, we're getting oh. a bunch of free stuff. I, I, I think that 100%. They should have... I think there's some sort of deal behind the scenes for those release dates because i do agree that it should not have been released on ps4 and xbox one especially like i don't know how that got through anyone like i don't know yeah and i i don't want it to be mistaken here i think the people at project red or cd project red are great people great developers everything like that full kudos to them for even attempting this it's just the simple fact of the matter that it looks like a cash grab cynically. It looks like uh, we sold you something that doesn't work. I know they're oh, going to fix it. I really I hope that they do. Like but like, if you look at if you look at Witcher Three, just like you described, okay. right? Witcher Three comes out on PC first, then yeah. it goes to console. They evolved the product, but now yeah. they're playing the AAA title, and this was a big misstep for a young company. Oh, I agree. They shouldn't misstep. have done I... this this way. They should have brought it out on PC first. 
I don't they think should they have rolled it. I know. I, they I know they can't. Too many deals and they couldn't. And I think that you have to look at the other side of we've seen from Hello Games that here we are talking and we're like at the end of the world. The audience has a remarkably short attention span for bad news. I watched a great documentary recently about No Man's Sky and how it's beloved and how it has more players than ever. And I think CD Projekt Red looked at the delays. They looked at the problems they were facing. I think that very much it was it was designed and pitched to be a next-gen title. And, you know, maybe like whether or not the the management side of that you know was was realistic with their timelines of maybe they were somehow were under the impression the ps5 was going to launch like in 2019 and they were thinking yeah awesome by march everyone's going to have one and all of a sudden march rolled around and they were like holy fuck we have to launch this on ps4 and it's not going to run well and the other side being they're gonna be able to patch this like a ton we've already seen what three patches this week mm-hmm. yeah so they've committed and i think that that, that short-term view and that short-term hand-wringing is, yeah, it, it does not matter in the long run. I hope you're right. I really you do. Witcher I want them to one be and Witcher successful. 2 is the same thing. Like, people people said Witcher 2 is the death of the company. Hmm. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. Like, I, I really want them to be successful in this. But I also am just trying to defend the consumers who put out hard-earned money during sure. a screwed-up world. And kind of, you know, uh, the the, the shit's going to hit the fan on Christmas Day when lots of people open this up as a gift and pop it into their PS4 and then feel that if they don't have the patches in by that, that's got to be a huge crunch now to try and get this thing optimized by Christmas time. Because I've seen it happen in video games before. Whenever you get into November, December release windows, which are great release windows financially for these companies, because these things are being bought and they're being put under a tree or yep. given as a Hanukkah present or whatever, right? And But then you watch it dismantle. It goes out, and then you see the rage tweets from all these kids who are putting off and just going, I'm going to avoid everything about Cyberpunk 2077 because I'm hoping Santa Claus brings it to me. Yeah, right. I, and then I, they get it, and then they're like, "Let's rage tweet." Sure. <laughs> sure, but here's the thing: is is our is, like you said, they've made back their entire investment, and yep. they've already demonstrated as a company, and they now know as a company, their only chance is to support the living shit out of this game. Yeah, they're 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 supposed to have a second AAA title in their fastest release schedule ever coming out next year. Because they, they what this is a company that what has six video games under their belt. Yeah. yeah. Right and. And four or five of those are Witcher titles. So nice. yeah, they've gotta they've gotta get this out of the park. And I think that they're now looking at it like we have we now have the bank. And that's why I think they're playing this really right for for having a really shitty situation with around launch. But their PR is like, we're working on it, we're working on it. And yeah. again, anything they say that otherwise engages is the wrong call. And it's just this is this is how you do it. And they're going to be fine. Yeah, it's very much like the No Man's Sky thing, right? Where the guy just went and he said, screw it. I'm tuning out all of the criticism and I'm going to go work on it because I was bound by Sony to get this thing out. And now and I'm going to have the timeline like. to fix it. Yeah, that's what this feels like. This feels like they had it and they had a timeline. 
and that I think this entire year speaks to problems that we weren't able to see. Whether it is, you know, a deal with Sony and Xbox if I had to launch by a certain day, or it had to be backwards compatible, or whatever. Well, the whole year, we didn't see a pandemic coming. We didn't see the problems that we have with like these parent companies of, of absolutely massive size in Sony and Xbox and Microsoft being completely utterly failures at releasing a product. Sure. Right? Like like that as well. There's a huge ton of disappointment that I see in this year that that is based around like absolute failures of these companies to project into their core audience, the consumers. You know, like th- these like we always talk about these things are being bought by scalpers they're unattainable and it's completely ruptured what might have mitigated a release for cd project red yep right because if there was more ps5s out there if it released at a better time frame if it didn't have all this crap around it if these big consoles got out there people would be playing it and be happy about it yep 100 i agree entirely on that point i also think that it's worth Examining the fact that, I mean, again, yeah, I give I give CD Projekt Red some credit for this is really their first game that was pitched as AAA. Witcher Three retroactively became AAA, but its marketing was not like this. Right. Um, we got to remember like it, that is that, and the other side being like it's gonna be it's 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 not bugs aside, it is the game they advertised. Yeah, and it's good. Like, other than these people who have, and again, I guess what part of it gets me is the number of people I've seen who are like, I can't, I can't play cyberpunk Sims. Like, I can't do all this stuff. And I'm like, was that ever part of the advertised features? So. Yeah, yeah. and that, that happened with GTA 5 too, right? Like, people were like, yeah. well, how come I can't have an, an orgy in it? Like, what, yeah. what, how come you draw the line here? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I think just people get sold on the sci-fi universe. And this, oh, it's open world, so I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And that foregoes into, well, that means I should be able to literally do whatever I want. How come I can't smoke a cigarette? How come I can't do this, yeah. do that, do the other? That thing? criticism also is the most insane one because you can. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's a plot thing. I'm not going to go into why, but there's a plot related reason that V does not smoke before a certain point. And yeah, you it, as the player get to make a call. I was in an interaction with Keanu or, you know, and he's like, go get me smokes. Yes. And, and V is like talking about that. And I thought about what we had talked about. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting because I'll bet you this is part of that thread of why uh, he's avoiding the smoking. So, yes. Well, it's V doesn't. So, I mean, the other part, I think people are like, V gets to be whoever I want them to be. And it's like, no, V is already a partly predetermined character at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get to make V from scratch. Sorry. Like, yeah, V is a person who is willing to live in, in this world and interact with it in certain ways. Yeah. That doesn't mean you get to do absolutely whatever you want. Yeah. I will say this. The driving is horrible in it. I hope that that gets what? fixed. What are you talking about? The driving is buttery. No, I find that the driving is way too light. It needs to be fixed up. But that's I something have that they can... zero problems with it. But I got this other thing of, I don't know. Like, I, Maybe I've it was just no... laggy on Stadia for me. I don't know. But it felt, I, I kind of mowed down some people. 
<laughs> I have never hit a single person I didn't mean to. I, this is the other thing of I don't know whether I'm having a like I I am having a different experience. I saw a lot of people complaining about handling on motorbikes, and I'm like, I, I've never had a problem with motorbikes in this game. The guns are a little bit loose. Uh, the the melee is is total slop for me. What are you? But what? I'm also yeah, melee doesn't function very well for me at all. But I'm also a using function. a Stadia controller for the first time. Okay. What, what and does it it's function as well for you? I I just felt like I can hit the button to punch or defend. I can do it, and it's fifty percent of the time, maybe my character reacts. Oh, I'm not having that at all. That might be Stadia. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I will say that it's not like the 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 melee combat is more tactical than it first appears. You don't get to just flail wildly. Yeah. Well, that that said, I was able to knock some skulls. So nice. <laughs> it's been fun. That's all I could say, right? I got to the title screen finally. Now the game is taking on its life. I'm not going to spoil anything because Borat hasn't played it. And we've really alienated him out of the conversation <laughs> with our with our, our criticisms and, and observations. But no, yeah. I'm thinking of what to say so that I can get you guys fighting. That's essentially what I'm doing right now. I'm brewing up topic ideas and, and discussion points so that you guys can fight. Uh, I think with Tyler and I, we, we have this understanding of, of well, yeah, being think, able to relent <laughs> and identify. Yeah, I think we also disagree on a bunch of the stuff here, but we're at the same time like, I see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. I, know, you know, I think it's, a, you know, and one thing my takeaway from from listening to the two of you is that, you know, CD Projekt Red as a company made a lot of decisions that, you know, in the short term, are going to negatively impact the short-term PR of the game. That's mm-hmm. obviously going to negatively impact some players, leave some um, ill will, a bad taste in their mouth moving forward with any CD Projekt Red um, game moving forward. But, like ha- it's been proven in the past, people have a short attention span. They're going to forget. They're going to forgive. If CD Projekt Red does commit to this game, and fixes everything that people are complaining about, I think it's going to end up being a bigger success long-term uh, for them. But, you know, you do have old-school players um, who, you know, don't like the way that, or don't like how the video game industry has gone and think that a game should be absolutely perfect upon day one. Um, and, you know, those are the people that you're going to probably alienate, but I feel like those people just don't understand what, the new generation of video games entail and how you know it's 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 a long game as opposed to a one-off one done now well i'd fight you on that one honestly as a consumer all right okay i understand go ahead no i understand that you can develop or fix all right i understand that you can you can reimagine and deploy your piece of art i do acknowledge that but when games are fundamentally released as broken, and then you put on an asterisk that says we can fix it, I have a big freaking problem with that. Okay, Phil, but here's the like, thing. That's There's a, a huge big no-no difference, and I never said – so you're right. 100% you're right. They should not have released a product that was broken, unusable. Yeah. It should be usable. It should be, uh, you know, fixes in – in the melee, it should be fixes in how you drive. It should be fixes like that. It should be yeah, minor should fixes be to fix overall things. But the fact that there is a unusable version 
of this game that is a negative yeah. thing. You know, yes, that's the thing. But I'm talking about like long term, they've committed to this game. Things that people are talking about are going to be fixed. Yeah, hopefully, uh, it's so, going to work out. Yeah, like that. I I have confidence in that. It's just that I get the anger from being burned too many times on Bethesda, on EA or Bethesda or whatever we want to call it. Um, yeah. I've just been burned so many times where I'm like, how can uh, and CD Projekt Red? I'm projecting, right? They actually haven't done anything like thus far. They're, they they have the ability to repair. All right, mm-hmm. they're not they're not weighed down with my opinion about Bethesda. All right, but Bethesda, I look at anything they release and I go, I'm not freaking touching that for a year because yeah, it's going to be like, absolute garbage. And I don't know my how a company operates as that company. No, a hundred percent. But here's my counter to that: is people who love Bethesda are those old school gamers that you lo- that you were talking about? Because the old school gamers, the same people who broadly speaking are like, oh, it should be new on release, are the same people who are also bitching that you can't mod it. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Yeah, they 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 have an in-house engine. They don't want you to mod it until they get some of their shit figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't think that this fits into every compartment though for gamers, because I think when you're talking about that end of gamers and the original school gamers that are PC based and modders anyway, sure. But I'm talking about consoles. All right. When you look at where the numbers are, it's in console sales. That's I keep on coming back to it. You can't like, release you a game. Where the numbers are. Yeah, like, like the sales numbers. No, no. Do you, do you mean for Cyberpunk specifically? For any Bethesda, anybody releasing a game wants to get it on the already installed base of Xboxes, particularly going forward, but PS4 and everything like that, because the the community that's on PC is relatively small of gamers, right? Because the, the gamers. I know that it's a, it's a big base, but I'm just talking about the fact that these consoles are the same hardware. They're deployed everywhere. You know how to develop for it. Releasing a broken game on it is just tough. Like, it's it's not good for consumers. Right. Like, look at the people that tried to bring an action about uh, Mass Effect, right? About About being sold. Something that was completely changed from what they were previewed. It, it was brought in as a con, as a consumer rights issue. So here's my my concern with this: is you're saying that that the console play the console's where it's at, and the numbers don't support that. PC and console gaming make about the same amount of money as of last year. Okay. And and the other side being like you know where, where most money is mobile games. Yeah, that's fifty one percent of revenue from video games is mobile games. Well, I'm going from the hardcore gamer. That's why Among but, but Us is, is killing it right now. Gamer. This is a this is a false definition. Yeah, yeah. like there's yeah, a distinct dis- this difference between you know, uh, hard, yeah, hardcore gamer is hard to define. Um, people who play consoles have this expectation with their games, right? Like, I think that... It's an appliance. It's an yeah. appliance, and that's the problem. It's like getting a, a fridge and bringing it home 
and finding out it needs a completely different power hookup to run. You know what I mean? That, or buying a car and not having wheels type thing. It's like, I need to be able to play this because you told me it plays on it. So did you say it's like buying a car and then having to buy winter tires? So it works No, it's like buying a car without wheels. I, it can't run. You can't drive it off the lot. Okay, oh. but like that's the world we're moving into. You want a Tesla? Ah, tough shit. We're putting a bunch of shit behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's, I, I don't know. But that, I know, that's, and I'm fighting it. That's yeah, where I'm that's as exactly a consumer. It. I'm annoyed with it because it may be where the world's going, but it doesn't mean that I have to happily be bludgeoned into it. I can object. I have rights. I'm a consumer. Yeah, Products sure. Work. I mean, like, look at the <laughs> look at the ads. Now, now, okay, okay, buyer beware. You're gonna keep on tisk tisk tisk. Buyer beware. Well, then I'm going to be super cynical about everything. What's the actual in-game footage? You know, and that, and we see that now with people and gamers, right? They're going, show me in-game footage. Don't show me the PC uh, uh, beta engine. Well, that's been that's been part of it since yeah. video games have ever existed. Yeah, like yeah. there's but, there's nicknames for those first teaser shots. Yeah. The other side, I mean, you also look at it of. This company is getting jumped on so much because of like because of the public viewpoint on it. When again, this this reeks to me of you're 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 shitting on the company that does the most for consumers. Yeah, it is funny. Then my concern, right, is CD Projekt Red is for the video game industry bananas pro consumer. Yeah, yeah, they are. I will admit that. Right, like like. You don't know how long it took to crack Cyberpunk? 12 hours. Because they have no DRM. Because they know it's inconvenient to consumers and consumers don't like it. So I think that's part of where I'm coming from. Is it's like, why is everyone getting so mad at the company that is or like has a d- demonstrated like history of being good to consumers? And I know And we then were... Bethesda can drop out whatever and sales like barely get a hit if you'll bitch about it, but not to this amount. I don't know. Anytime Bethesda game comes out, I'm bitching. <laughs> yeah, but I, there's a difference between like I'm bitching versus like there's this whole culture around like how dare see Project Red like. And the funny thing is, it's my experience is great. I don't even have this bucket of rage. I'm just talking yeah. as a consumer like like console gamers look at the game as an appliance. It's hardware. It's been the same hardware for seven years. Make it run. Otherwise, don't sell it on that. I don't know if they had the I, yeah. I don't know if they had the call. And, and that's a, that's a political decision, right? And that's where no, I hold that's them That's a contractual decision. Contractual. That is decision. not because we're gonna come up, when we talk about the movie theaters. We're gonna talk about this and why yeah. like people are pissed. And the other side of it is it's relationships. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you're CD Projekt Red, yeah, you're gonna go to Sony and you're gonna say, "Not nah, tough shit. We're not making for the PS4." Yeah, like there should have been a decision at some point, and I think that regardless of how broken or whatever game, whatever the state of the game was, there was no way they were going to delay another time. I think that regardless of, yeah, but doesn't this kind of, you know, one thing I do want to bring up, and and again, I will defend developers anytime. I've been in that realm of consumer products and how the product can turn turn on you so quickly um 
you know, but I remember when the last delay was announced and you were hearing internal mumbles that developers were surprised that that that, that delay actually happened. Mm-hmm. What state yep. and what the fuck were they playing to think that, you know, two months after the fact, this game is still broken on some consoles, um, you know, where, what, like, it just goes, like, there was a disconnect somewhere. Um, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, you know, the game should run on whatever you're promising. Their motivation for releasing, we don't know. We can speculate all we want. But at the end of the day, we got a game that was released on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Stadia, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, you know, and all the variations and within computers. there. And PC, yeah. and all the variations between all of those. Um, so at the very least, the game should have been baseline somewhere and should be able to run on all of those. The fact is, some people on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One are having issues. And this is something new for those console players. You know, And that's where some of the rage is coming from, where they're expecting their stuff to just work. You know, pop it in, and because that's how they've always done it. And that's the expectation. Is the world changing? Yes. You know, things are going to change. You're going to have to fiddle. You're going to have to do this. But the expectation for the longest time was that you just pop it in and it works. And that's not the case. So, you know, that's at the end of the game. Game's half broken there. Um, I shouldn't say half, but there's an issue there. But where CD Projekt Red is doing a great job is that they've shown commitment to this game already and they they will continue to show commitment commitment to this game with updates and whatnot like in the first four days of release we've seen three updates to the game that's again unheard of but that's an optics thing to show the public from cd project red side that they are committed to fixing this game and making this game for you you know for the mm-hmm. consumer um, I think there's just a lot of like miscues and learning um, situations and lessons learned that everyone can take, including the consumer at this point. Like, as a consumer, Phil, as a consumer, are you now going to wait to get a game knowing that these issues might exist in future games? Now that Stadia exists uh, and, and it's validated for me, maybe that removes some of my apprehension. Because now I'm in a world where I don't have to be beholden to hardware. Yeah, and the, but yeah, but and and I know that some people are likely now going to wait for like six months after a game is released yeah. to actually buy it. You know? Obviously, if 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 this were a situation with, uh, but it's so hard to resist the sizzle. Yeah, for sure. Right, and that's the problem. Like I went from uh, wishy washy, wishy washy, wishy washy about this game and fears and all this stuff. And then the it, it released at seven o'clock in the evening for uh, Stadia because obviously they turned the servers on wherever uh, 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 CD Projekt Red are based, right? I think Poland. Poland. Yeah. So they turned the that that was midnight for them, right? right? So it went live for me, and I'm just like, holy cow! I'm like a kid in candy store. Well, like, I yeah, I'm gonna is- play it. I think this is why we also have Xbox is now pushing that we're just going to stream shit because it gets around this problem. Yeah. They need to get right? that X Cloud going big time on this. Offload uh, uh, it. 
Well, that's what I think the difference is, is why you have these different levels of the Xbox versus the PlayStation, you know. Yeah. It makes the console wars very much richer now. And Stadia just legitimately put on their fighting clothes. And that's right? the thing. Like, and, and they're getting the support out there, which blows me away. People that's are the, actually recognizing it. That's the last point I wanted to make. I think, you know, we're beating around the bush right now, beating a dead horse. But with Stadia, they have for sure, for sure thrown their gloves into the fight. They're in this. You know, I think that overall Stadia right now, they demonstrated something to the consumers. They demonstrated something to the gamers that were, like, you know, writing them off back in March of 2019 when it was announced. Uh, you know, they've for sure, you know, Google, for now, at least, has committed to this. And, you know, they've now shown why this cloud yeah, gaming situation works. And to be fair, anybody who buys it, not that I'm trying to advertise for them, but it is, <laughs> this is something that makes a difference, though. Anybody who buys it between now and I think December 17th or 18th, you get a free Stadia Founders Kit. So you get a free controller and a free Chromecast 4K. But not only that, you can play it on your piece, on your laptop. You can play it on your phone. You can play it anywhere that's compliant with Stadia. So it's kind of a crazy world because now that's an entry point. As Lou later was talking about, he's like, hey, I can sit here on my laptop, fire up Cyberpunk for five minutes, and this laptop doesn't even have a GPU. Yeah. And I can fire up and, and get into Cyberpunk for half an hour and then disengage. So it opens up to a casual market. It opens up a, a product into that market, which is an interesting play point for titles like this. Yeah, look, I, I think that that's one of the things we're going to see. I think that but a combination of Stadia doing so well with Cyberpunk, and we're now starting to see what Microsoft's plan is, and we're starting to see what like the direction it looks like we're going. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Yeah, yep, I'm excited. Exactly. And we're going to for sure keep reporting back and we're going to keep talking about this game um, because, you know, of it. it's a huge release for everyone. It's a huge, it's the first major AAA title release for the new consoles, even though it's not specific to them, but you can still play it on new mm -hmm. consoles and you're probably getting a better experience than other people, as Tyler can uh, attest to. Uh, so, you know, we'll see and we'll keep everyone updated on that. So 46 minutes later, let's move on to the next piece of news. And uh, I quickly wanted to touch on this. Uh, this came out like a couple weeks ago, but, uh, you know, we've had jam-packed shows. So I think it's a good time to talk about that. So you may want to get your PlayStation Store purchases in sooner rather than later. And that is because... Um, the federal government of Canada has announced that as part of some new tax codes, uh, they are going to start and actually enforce taxes on any online purchase goods or any goods purchased online. Uh, so, you know, if you're a, um, a Canadian and you are buying something from the Sony store, you'll notice that seventy nine ninety nine. For a new AAA title, it's going to cost you $79.99. But moving forward after the January 1st, and I think it's being enforced in June, um, you know, they're going to charge up to 15% tax on your purchase. Uh, so you might want to get in your purchases. This is ultimately going to drive, you know, things a little more expensive. But, you know, 
I think it's about time that this is actually being enforced, and I think it's about time that as and just like any tax, as long as it's going to something right, I'm okay for it. And this is going to also keep the playing field, um, you know, even. For a lot mm-hmm. of people, because Sony has gotten away with a lot in regards to the Sony store. Like, mm-hmm. I'm more likely to buy something off of the Sony store because I don't have to pay tax on it. Tyler, yep. what are your thoughts on this? So, it, twofold. Uh, the first of which, this is, it's worth noting, this is part of like a larger movement by the Canadian government to basically get a lot of their shit up to date when it comes to new technologies. Uh, this is also part of them talking about what actions the Canadian government can take against Facebook and Amazon and other giants. Uh, And the other side is being, there's still loopholes that aren't necessarily being closed. Um, If you go on Humble Bundle or, I don't know, Green Man Gaming, there are a lot of weird things you can do with jurisdictions right now that you can still use to get games without paying tax. So, eh, I don't know. I think it's about time, but I also think there's going to be still a lot of ways around it. Yeah, for sure. And and companies are great at finding loopholes, and I'm sure that there will be loopholes. But, you know, this is at least an attempt to do something about something that a lot of consumers, a lot of small business owners have been complaining about. 100%. Bill, any thoughts? I I think it levels, uh, same as you guys, I just think it levels the field. I think that, uh, although as a consumer we're having to pay the tax fact is is that these companies getting away without it is equally infuriating and i mean the, the third side being you know taxes you having to pay tax doesn't mean it just fucking disappears like it goes into paying for yeah. services that your yeah, government does. exactly yeah like look at look at what's gone on when all of our lives because of the decisions that had to be made by the government with covid19 mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, well, okay, so if you if you nick 15% of my 79 bucks and that helps keep the 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 doors open and the flexibility out there for all of these weird times that we're living in because the government has to step up and act. Well, that's not a bad thing if they're going out and you know, giving you the serb and all this all this other stuff to make sure that every like society doesn't fall apart. Well, we got to pay our fair share. I know that's a very socialist look, but that's not a socialist look. That's just governments should operate. Yeah, a socialist look would be much further than that. So, like, I, I know. know I can just hear the people eating their their hater tots and their freedom yeah, fries. But I and... I got I got I got bad news, folks. If if you're if you think that socialism is the government doing things, you don't understand how political science works. Fair enough. (laughs) And on that note, I think we will move on because it is a jam-packed show. So we're going to sort of touch back on something that we were talking about last week, and that was HBO Max making the ultimate decision um, to move all of Warner Brothers' movies into a simul-release. So in the USA, you're going to be seeing movies released both on HBO Max and heading to theaters. I think this came as a surprise to a lot of investors, partners. Um, a lot of people were surprised by this move. 
and it's angered a lot of people. So you saw the owners of Regal Cinema, AMC, condemn this, saying that this is the last you know mm-hmm. nail on the theater's coffin. Um, you've had uh, you've had a bunch of uh, studios. And directors like Christopher Nolan condemning this, basically saying that they're ruining the entire experience, that movies will never be the same. Uh, In terms of consumers, it's been very 50-50. It's been a very polarizing split. Um, It's been a very polarizing decision, I should say, uh, because a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to go to a theater anytime soon, so I get to enjoy it at home at least. Um, And then I've also seen other people say, well... You know, and something that I brought up last week, and that's the fact that, well, this is the beginning of the end of blockbuster movies. No one's going to invest, you know, $200 million on a movie now if it's only going to be streamed. There's no point of adding those big budget movies at this point. A lot of points and counterpoints to each of these points, but this has just been the overall reaction. Um, there have also been threats of lawsuits. There have been... Mm-hmm. It, there's just a lot going on, a lot to unpack. Um, it, it's uh, crazy. So, Tyler, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this, so I will give the floor to you. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people getting mad, and there, I think that a lot of the, the arguments about the artistic vision, especially from people like Nolan and Lin-Manuel Miranda is they're going to lose a metric ton of money. Right. Cause a lot of the times their bonuses and stuff for part of their, their, the money they make that goes into their pockets is from that theater theatrical release. Um, I'm not as doom and gloom as Boris saying this is the end of the blockbuster. Um, because I mean, that's been projected before. And, you know, there, there's two sides to this. The first of which is that, like, as we've been making fun of moist theaters, they weren't, most of them weren't great before COVID. Um, see, I, I find it fascinating that anyone can, like, if you were, if you were pro Uber, I don't know how you can be against this. Yeah. I'm, I'm anti Uber for what it's worth, because a lot of it was just like, and this is, I think this is the same thing of it's using new technology as an excuse to get around contracts and laws. And that's what we're seeing. And that's what we, we all knew was going to happen at some point. And then you get this, this side of it of, as I, as I alluded to with cyberpunk thing of part of this is about relationships and it's so easy for us to get all like, Oh, it's dollars and cents. But at some point, you know, like, there are humans making those deals and people are not perfectly rational actors that we like to pretend they are because economics, woo. But instead, you know, like you, you, people get hired to their friends. That's why freaking Adam Sandler keeps working with the exact same 24 people on every single thing he makes. Yeah. It's because he said, oh, I like them. I like getting paid to hang out with my friends. And yeah, that sounds phenomenal. So I, I don't know. I, I think that this is going to burn a lot of people. Well, it's already burning like legendary pictures, right? They, they, they're they yeah. the backers of Kong versus Godzilla and Dune. Mm-hmm. They, they're shouldering 75% of the development costs yeah. for those movies, or mm-hmm. specifically Dune. And Dune, from their projections, were, hey, there's going to be at least three movies, possibly six. All right, we're going to tell the Paul Atreides arc in three movies, this is going to be something we need your money. And then the pandemic hits. And naturally, in this whole thing, 
because the contract was negotiated pre-pandemic, right? The contract doesn't give them any rights over the distribution of the film. The contract is just they're shouldering the financial part of it. And Legendary Pictures goes back way, way long with Warner Brothers, right? They've been financing them a lot. Warner Brothers, with this move, didn't even consult them. Which is bananas. That's crazy. That's where the relationships, to me, like we have to understand this. As well, with Wonder Woman 1984, what happened was they went and they told all of the actors, all of the people who had a stake in the game, like when we talk about Christopher Nolan making back Mm -hmm. his bonus money, all right? They said to them up front, hey, look, we're going to project that this movie would have made $1 billion. All right. Sure. So you guys all get paid out. You immediately you cash in, regardless of what happens. We're sending that mm-hmm. one out on Christmas Day. But they didn't do that with all the other movies. They yeah. changed how they're doing it with all the other movies. So they just went, Warner Brothers just went and said, Ah, we're gonna give you fifty percent of what we think it might have made. And yeah. then you're contractually obligated to make up that other fifty percent in order yeah. to get your bonuses. And that's like shady dealing right there. Like they're holding all the cards and they may be able to do so, but man, oh man, like how many bridges are they burning with these important? And that's where I worry because legendary is sitting there going, well, shit, Dune's going to come out on small screen. And then maybe it doesn't get greenlit for these other movies that we were intending to cash in on. Yep. The death of the blockbuster just like Boris is alluding to, right? It's going to go into an HBO Max show, just like Justice League or whatever, right? Like we're seeing Mm -hmm. the active dismantlement. And then you have AMC coming forward and saying, oh, and we need another $750 million. Otherwise, we're we're going to have to shut our theaters down in January. Because they're $2 billion in debt already. Their financial books are terrible. They're, they were barely making any money. They, they were up to their eyeballs in debt going into this pandemic, and they've only accrued more. Yeah. It's a terrible situation. I understand why Warner Brothers want to do this, but it's so funny because Warner Brothers is roped into so many other deals, whereas you can counterflip it with Disney and what Disney announced this week, but Disney owns all the properties. Disney owns basically the whole thing. So Disney can make that call without having the controversy because they can settle it in be in behind the scenes. They can go mm-hmm. and they say, hey, uh, we, we, we've contractually assigned you already to do 15 appearances, blah, 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 blah. Here's your payout. Just shut up. Don't yeah. don't go to court. Whereas Warner Brothers, this is all going to be a public bloodbath. Yeah, potentially. And maybe it gets to the judge and the judge goes, no, this is the contract you signed. There's nothing to discuss here. You know, you don't get distribution, but ah, it's not going to stop them from lawyering up. They're both going to be able to put teams of lawyers. This is going to be a whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to give us lots of content. (laughs) Yep. And it's going to go to the 11th hour for sure, because, you know, later on this month, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to come out on on HBO Max and theaters. But I think that first release in 2021, I think it's going to come to the 11th hour to see what happens with all of this. And um, it'll be interesting. I think it's Kong versus Godzilla in March, yeah. right? Because Warner Brothers made sure Wonder Woman's going to be fine. And even in Canada, they announced today 
that yeah. they are going to be simultaneously releasing it on video on demand in Canada. So they're going to give you the option to buy it mm-hmm. and not go to the theater. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which was, a, Whereas, which was very, you know, in the States, it's going to be on HBO max. All right, we are going to move on, and I'm sure that we're going to be updating our listeners further as info gets released and things happen and unions get angry and contracts get ripped up and challenged in court. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the Video Game Awards, the Game Awards. They were held on Thursday in L.A. on Wednesday's show. Phil and I kind of give uh, some of our thoughts and predictions so we're going to go through some of the categories some of the you know more appealing categories uh so first off congrats to all the winners um i think 2020 was a very interesting year overall um and there was a lot of attention on the video game industry and overall i think that video games were a lot of fun in 2020 i think uh you know not every game that won was my cup of tea but you know i think that Video games overall are very healthy right now, and the industry is only going to go up with the world ever changing as COVID-19 has proved to us. All right, so we're going to go down and we're going to talk about some of the winners. So best performance, Phil and I called it, and I'm sure that a lot of haters hated every second of this one, uh, but the winner for best performance was Laura Bailey, who portrayed Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. Huge congrats to her, and really, like, her performance was awesome. She created a hell of a character, regardless of what you thought of, you know, the game and the story and this and that. You know, she did a great job. Audio design, both Phil and I thought Ghost of Tsushima was going to win, but that went to The Last of Us Part Two. Rightfully so. Yep. Score. It is a fantastic, I think we... We both said that in our analysis. Like, this is just me picking Ghost of Tsushima just on wanting them to get some recognition. Like, it yeah. was okay. One thing is, you know, if this was any other year, I feel like Ghost of Tsushima would have been the big winner. Um, but, you know, they just so happened to come out the same year that Last of Us 2 came out. In fact, less than a month later. So, you know, it was uh, tough for them, but, you know, great game regardless. Uh, art Direction. Ghost of Tsushima 1, Scorn Music, Final Fantasy 7 Remake 1, Best Narrative went to Last of Us Part 2, Game Design, Last of Us Part 2, and the big winner for Game of the Year, Last of Us Part 2 from Naughty Dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Atlanta Pierce didn't win Streamer Award. (laughs) So I, I thought that was funny that she was up for it because she's like on her stream going, please don't let me win this because I don't need the controversy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, there was no surprises. You know, the, I think the biggest surprise for me was seeing a uh, Mass Effect, like a uh, commercial for that, which good for Bio. Yeah. Yep. That so, was huge. You know, wasn't a lot of content with it, but it was a fun little tease. Insert Boris's comment about the next Mass Effect game having to be better than Andromeda, and insert Tyler saying something snarky to Boris. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was fun. You know what? Like, I I just really thought that this was this is what other people who watch maybe the Academy Awards feel like because I I did enjoy <laughs> seeing the developers and and like the Among Us right was one of the big winners for multiplayer platform. 
and they were so emotional that that was yeah. a very moving moment. Like that was just like, holy shit. Like yeah. these are real people who didn't expect this honor. And you know, that's, what's great about video games. And then you, you know, juxtapose that with Eddie Vedder going out there and delivering his performance for the last of us two song. And just even the guy who plays Joel in last of us two, I thought that that was really interesting how they, they discussed the idea that he got asked him and, and, and the, girl who who plays you know the main lead like his kind of pseudo daughter he got asked you know what would you guys do if you weren't doing this like voice work for video games and all that and he's just like oh i'd like to be a singer and the girl said i'd like to be an astronaut and sure enough they incorporated both of those things in as a pillar for last of us part two yeah that was just a really neat story about how an inconsequential conversation could become a touchstone that really resonates with yeah. your product. See, the thing that I appreciate about the Game Awards is the fact that the people, you know, the video game industry, as we discussed, is a huge industry, sometimes even even being bit bigger than uh, movies. Um, and it's, it's about time that people who put the work into making them get recognized. Um, so for me, that's, you know, just like the Academy Awards, where people finally get recognized for doing the small things for these huge movies, mm-hmm. you know, Likewise, for video games, it's cool actually seeing the people who put in the work get the recognition they deserve. Because doing anything for consumers is scary as hell, time-consuming, and not easy at all. And they're going to threaten you with death anyways. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Because we're all emotionally adjusted. (laughs) Yep. All right, guys. Last thing before we go. And it's a big one, so I expect this one to take a little while. Um, we're going to talk about the big investors meeting from Disney, which was a lot to unpack. Um, they had announced that you know there was going to be some announcements, not the amount of, of invest- announcements that we actually got. A lot to unpack. I tried to gather things as best as possible. Um, so we're going to go through each kind of um, Disney studio. And we're going to talk about things that they have announced. So we're going to start with Marvel. Um, in terms of their Disney Plus series, uh, we got uh, a full-on trailer for WandaVision. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, we also got a full trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's also looking really good. Um one thing that I, you know, that caught my eye, especially on Falcon and Winter Soldier, and that's in terms of kind of like the look and feel. Um, you know, back in the day, movies and TV shows just looked and felt and were totally different. Now, you're you can't tell the difference that between a movie and a TV show. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, once you get to the nitty gritty stuff. You know, I'm sure that you'll be able to tell, but I think as Mandalorian has really shown us, you know, there really isn't much in regard difference in terms of quality, special effects, quality, filming, cinematography, score, and things like that. You know, the gap is for sure smaller, and that's something that we're seeing with Falcon and Winter Soldier, and a lot of these Disney Plus series. And that's something that I wanted to, um, you know, see was, you know, are these going to feel like cheesy, you know, NBC, ABC TV, uh, TV shows, or is it going to actually feel like a big time blockbuster? And it's the latter. Big time. Yeah. 
I mean, we're watching Mandalorian, and it's like, it, it's it's like the the proof positive for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I have faith, you know, that that Disney are going to land this and, you know, faith in the studio. Uh, I'm nervous about some of it, as I talk about on tomorrow's podcast about the Mandalorian wrap up or, you know, see uh, episode seven. But it's yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about some of it because it's a big endeavor, but it's 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 a fun thing. I'm going to call out something because I watched the beginning, the first half. Like, obviously, all the geek meat was in the second half of this conference call. All right. The first half was overwhelmingly terrifying. <laughs> I'm just going to... really like that one. Yeah, geek I know, right? meat? What the fuck? Geek meat. <laughs> Tell you, I'm riffing. No, but it, the, the, the first half was absolutely terrifying at how much Disney control markets. Yeah. And their problems. Oh, yeah. Like it was, and it was so full of the corporate speak, you know, the synergy between this and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they were just going down all their monetization strategies yeah. with all of these properties was utterly terrifying. It actually mm-hmm. freaked me out. It yeah. really did like give me shivers about where the tendrils are for this company, yeah. like how they are shaping so much. And then it was reinforced in the second bit where it was like nonstop Lucasfilm, Pixar, Disney Studios, Disney this, Disney that, Marvel. Like, oh my gosh. Like, this is absolutely banana pants. Yeah. Just how much Disney do. Yeah. And it was terrifying. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're up next for antitrust. Yeah. 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 It's to that point. Like... And it was such a heavy slap in the face underhandedly to HBO Max. Like, how mm. dare you surprise us with your little announcement about what you're doing? Now, take hold my beer. Yeah. Like, it was like that moment because I thought I didn't expect the production value to be what it was yeah. out of something like this. And it was three and a half hours. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just, geez. Yeah, this bled into the Game Awards for me. This bled into a lot of things. Um, But yeah, it was crazy. So sticking on Disney plan, Disney's plans for Disney Plus and Marvel, we got our first look at Loki. Guys, Mm -hmm. it looks so fucking good. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm 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 very curious about this. Yeah, so that comes out May 2021. So a lot sooner than we think. Uh, Hawkeye yeah. is going to appear late fall 2021. Um, the studio, and as we saw pictures of, uh, the studio also confirmed that Haley Steinfield will be appearing in the series in a very comic-accurate adaptation of her suit. Yeah. So it looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, we also got a look at What If?, an animated series from Marvel Studios that features voice acting cast of many Marvel Cinematic Universe stars. Um, we also got a new trailer that offered the first look at the upcoming series. Looked kind of cool, Tyler. I think I cut you off. No, yeah, I was just agreeing with you. I just, I, I don't care about What If personally, but that's yeah, not a general there. Yeah, What If is, who cares for me? It's um, a fun space to play in. 
for yeah, for you the, know what? It is. the uber geeks, right? Like the all, the the fans that have those what if comics, I believe, yeah. right? Like, Especially because like, a, you know, you know they're gonna have the Marvel zombies and people eat that shit up. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my god. So much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, you know all about that, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, well, like, d- they loved it so much that DC's doing the same thing now. Yeah. Fucking DC. Uh, Feige also announced three new series coming to Disney+. Plus. You have Ironheart, set to star Dominic Thorne, engineering protege Riri Williams. That's kind of cool. Armor Wars, which examines one of Tony Stark's biggest fears and stars... Don Cheadle, who is reprising his role as Colonel James Rhodes, and we have Secret Invasion, uh, the previously rumored Nick Fury-led series that will see Samuel L. Jackson reprise his role as S.H.I.E.L.D. director, alongside Ben Mendelsohn's Skull Shapeshifter Talos. Uh, no release date for the new projects were announced, so for me, that was very interesting because a lot of people are thinking, were alluding to the fact that the next phase in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was going to be Secret Invasion. So, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also time. got some casting news. Uh, so, they gave updates on Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. Uh, they also finally officially announced that Tatiana Malsani will be playing the lead role in She-Hulk, with Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner also set to appear. Um, they gave us a first look at uh, Iman Vellani's Kamala Khan, which will be appearing in Captain Marvel 2. Feige also noted that the shows will continue to interweave with the greater, greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. So... Tyler, five years ago, we were talking about the bitter war between Marvel Studios and Marvel TV shows. Yep. Feige won. This was always the end game. Yeah. This was always the best way for them to get this. Yep. Yeah, and And they're even calling it out for fans, right? They're saying, you want to watch this, this, and this if you're going to watch our movies and want tie-ins. These things are going to exist in a vacuum. Right. I think it's great. It's just up front. This is what we're doing. This will be the integration point. This will be, you know, if you just want to geek out on an old comic book. Yeah. Marvel Studios also announced that they're working on a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney+. Plus. I'm just laughing because you know we're going to be all over this. So this is going to come out in 2022 if we're still around as a podcast. Dot, dot, dot. Um, which will be directed by James Gunn. Um, the special will f- actually film alongside Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, also directed yeah. by Gunn to be released in 2023. There's also an I Am Groot series. Um, it's going to be a bunch of shorts starring, well, Groot. I'll bet you he says I Am Groot a lot, in it? I bet he says something different. I bet he actually gets a bunch of speaking roles. I heard Vin Diesel is really pushing for that. Oh well, maybe he'll have an inner, maybe he'll have an inner dialogue that will be shared. So it's worth noting that we ages ago we talked about one of our my favorite Groot comics in the old iteration of the podcast, and it was just he'd say "I am Groot," but then in the words would be like these panels showing what he was actually saying. Yes, nice. and yep, it was implied I... that he was like he was outputting all this psychic information that no one was able to pick up. 
I remember this. I remember this conversation, Tyler. I 100% remember this conversation. Such a beautiful comic. Yeah. Yeah, but Uh, Rocket can understand it because he's like, what do you mean? You know, because he reacts to Groot. All Groot says is, I am Groot. And Rocket's just like, what do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's arguing with him. And you're like, is that a shtick? Or is that really... Like, yeah, he can understand the subcontext of I am. Yeah, Groot. so so that comic suggested that people can partly understand him, but no one ever like fully gets what he's saying. Mm. That was the shtick of that. Because the shtick is like, is that he's the last of his kind, right? So people don't know that language anymore. And Tyler and saying yes, tree. and his yes. mic isn't picking it up. Oh yeah, my <laughs> my technology gets to fuck up now. Now yep. it's my turn. Yeah, be be careful, buddy. Um, all right, we're still we're still only in Marvels, like Marvel, like this is insane. Marvel movies. Feige confirmed that Black Panther two will not recast the late Chadwick Boseman's King T'Challa. Um, the film is set to be directed by Ryan Coogler, um, and it's still set for a July twenty two release. A third Ant Man film will be Sorry. entitled Ant Man. July 2022. 2022, not 22. Yeah, it's already said. Uh, yes. Um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of dates. I know. Yeah. It's all good. I just want to be. I, I was for the audience. Yes. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> a third Ant-Man film will be called Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, and it's officially in development. Peyton Reed will return to direct, as will Paul Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly. Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, this is also going to introduce Jonathan Majors as Con- Kang the Conqueror, uh, who just so happens to be one of Marvel's biggest villains. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will tie into both WandaVision and Sony's and Marvel's third Spider-Man movie. You know, at this point, if you farted in any adaptation of anything spider-man you're probably going to be in spider-man 3 uh the studio also confirmed that benedict cumberbatch dr strange will be appearing in um yeah i just said that i just went ahead of my notes uh last thing guys this is you know third tries uh the charm third luck third times luck here we go. A new Fantastic Four movie will be coming by Marvel Studios. Mm, it's probably going to suck, and we're going to have to wait for the fourth attempt. <laughs> Come on. True to title. Stay on brand, Disney. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> we're going to make it terrible just to continue the bit. Yeah, yep. exactly. we got to deliver on this one. Fourth time's a charm. So that's all the Marvel, Marvel news. Any that's- thoughts? Uh, so with that, with that Black Panther two announcement, I got, I gotta imagine someone's pissed off with what um, Letitia Wright's been up to this week. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause t- I yeah, because for those who don't know, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri, this week decided that um, vaccines don't work, COVID is a hoax, oh. and uh, the devil is coming for you. That sounds like Cara Dune. Come on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Lucasfilm oh, yeah. she was... will be last. We're going to talk about Lucasfilm. We're going to let Mike sp- or Phil splurge all of his Mike Saber 
Um, and then we're going to talk Lucasfilm last. Uh, so we're going to move on to Disney Animation. Disney. I'm, I'm going to call out something, too, just before you get into it with with the Disney stuff. I was shocked. Part of my shock was how much FX is a part of Disney. I didn't even realize that. Yep. Yeah. No, they and all they of came that into Fox like, deal. Uh, I guess yeah, rumors of Hulu and Disney Plus merging were completely shot to death as they were announcing a bunch of new Hulu projects. So. Yeah, and you see, you see what's happening here in Canada and around the world is they're developing something called Star. And that's going to be our access to the Hulu content because it's so contractually effed up here in, in our district of the world. And our Disney uh, Disney Plus subscription is going up $3 a month to facilitate that additional content. Yep. 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 All right. So. Disney Animation. I'm going to go through this one a little faster. We'll get your reaction at the end, if any. Um, so Raya and the Last Dragon, which looks awesome, by the way, premieres on March, 20, on March 5th, 2021. Um, this will be on Disney Plus. Via Premier Access. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) They're at it again. Yep. Um, It'll also be coming out in theaters at the same time. Baymax, a series based on Big Hero 6, is arriving in early 2022. Zootopia Plus, a new series based on Zootopia, is hitting the streaming service in spring 2022. Tiana based on The Princess and the Frog, is premiering on Disney Plus in 2023. Long-time musical comedy series, um, or fuck, a long-form musical comedy series for Moana is hitting Disney Plus in 2023. Encanto, a new movie set in Colombia with music written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, is in development. Iwaju, an original long-form series made in partnership with uh, Kugali Media, is premiering on Disney Plus in 2022. So that's all of the Disney animation uh, announcements. But then we have Bananas. Pixar. Yep. Pixar's <laughs> next. <sighs> it Guys, just kills me. This is what it was like, right? I'm like, holy shit. All right. Now it's going to be Marvel's turn. Oh my God. Yeah. Pixar. Oh. Yeah. Uh, all right, Pixar also announced new projects for Disney Plus, which include um, a bunch of Spark Short episodes. Um, Burrow arrives on Disney Plus on December twenty fifth. Pixar Popcorn Shorts, uh, featuring iconic Pixar characters, start streaming in January. Doug Days, a new series featuring the beloved dog, the beloved dog from. That looks funny. Up, premieres fall. 2021 a car series following lightning mcqueen and mater is coming to disney plus in fall 2022 win or lose pixar's first original long-form animated series is about a middle school softball team it's coming to disney plus in the fall of 2023 it's all bananas yeah pixar so much so Pixar will also be doing that was just Disney Plus guys. Like if anything yeah. this was a this is what these companies have to do. It's all about optics with the public and the shareholders. They're showing investment. They're showing commitment. Like, you know, why 
wouldn't you want to invest in Disney at this point? So Pixar movies, we have Luca, a movie set in Italy about a boy named Luca, will hit theaters in June 2021. Lightyear, an origin story for Buzz Lightyear, uh, who's actually going to be voiced by Chris Evans, is hitting theaters in summer 2022. Turning Red, about a 13-year-old girl going through puberty to transform into a giant red panda. That's in development. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, and, and there's is... going to be, like, also, non-Pixar stuff. There's also going to be, like, a Mighty Ducks show. Yeah. <laughs> there's also going to be a new TV series for FX and Hulu by Noel Hawley, and it's going to be an alien TV series. Yeah. No release date just yet. Will Smith and Chris Hemsworth will start in a series for National Geographic. Ice Age is getting a spinoff series. <sighs> FX is bringing Shogun yep. to air. Yep. Another big one. Yep. In terms of pricing, it was, re- uh, as Phil alluded to, it's going up in March 2021. Um, new bundle that's going to offer ad-free Hulu, Disney+, Plus, and ESPN+. Plus will be available in the U.S. of A for $19. Um, they also announced that Disney Plus surpassed 86 million subscribers in one year. Mm-hmm. It's, that is that is some big numbers that they've got to be happy with. Yep. Yeah, considering they don't have a ton of original content on there. Well, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's Mandalorian and the Jeff... You know what I mean? The gold bloom thing. Like, I'm just like, it, it was pretty slim pickings. It's just a lot of back catalog, right? It's, yeah, it's not like they have the new Muppets show. It's not like well, they have. <laughs> they did stuff. I'm not saying they didn't, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I think people were Star- like, oh, I'm going to watch The Simpsons. And, you know, that that's, that's part of the strategy in streaming is that 70% of it is nostalgia. Yep. 70% of the audience watches the back catalog of something. Yep. Yeah. And Disney don't have right. to license it. They just they just pull it out of the vault and go, here you go. Yep. yep. Money right into their pockets. Yeah. So it's great. Great strategy. Yep. Disney, as Phil mentioned, unveiled Star, well, which we talked about on this show a few times, FYI. <laughs> uh it's Hulu replacement um being released in certain European countries, Canada and New Zealand, Japan, and South Korea on February 23rd. In Japan and South Korea, it's coming later in 2021. Yeah, and South America too, right? Like, they're launching it as its own pay service in South America with, like, all the EPL and Bundesliga games and all that kind of stuff, all integrated. It's crazy. Yep, Yep, because they're taking their ESPN and um, content and just throwing it in there. And anything that ABC has, ESPN has, it's all Disney people. Um, So essentially, I know we're going to jump into Lucasfilm in a second, but Disney Plus will add 50 new Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, and Pixar series movies over the next few years. It's insane. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. I know on my Twitter feed, when they announced that there's going to be 10 new Star Wars projects, the speculation and the time that it took for them to 
you know, plow through all the corporate stuff in the numbers and the strategy felt like an eternity on Twitter of people like 10, 10, 10. Yep. We did, did not think we were going to get this many. Did mm-hmm. one of the PowerPoint decks have a bullet point that said take over the world? Because that's essentially what yeah. Disney is doing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's Disney are all in, man, on everything. Yep. All right, Phil. Lucasfilm. Phil and Tyler, this one's going to be fun. So not only... Oh, strapped in. Yep. <laughs> as, I'm, I'm, as I say this, like, this is just insane. All right, we're going to start with Disney Plus series. Um, Disney Plus is getting two new Star Wars shows, both spinoffs of The Mandalorian. You have Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Not shocking. We knew yep. about Ahsoka. That's where it's kept secret in the world. And I think Rangers of the New Republic is going to be a Cara Dune spin-out show so with maybe I think, Bo-Katan. I think you're right. But how good would it be if it was... Um... Oh, the the two X-wing pilots. The pilots. Yeah, That's, I, 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 I was <laughs> hoping for that. I was honestly I'm hoping that for they that. Have, I am hoping they have heavy involvement in it. But I know from Paul Lee's kind of Twitter, he's indicating that he hasn't been asked. But that has about as much weight as nothing, because that has even if he has recorded for it or has been contractually yeah. secured for it, he will be under an NDA. I think like he the worst kept secret was an Ahsoka show. But also um, the casting for She-Hulk, like you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. Only I will only accept Polly into having his own show if he can say sneak attack just once. Yeah. yeah. All right. It is of note, and they kind of said this without saying stuff. Um, so when I was taking my notes, I fucking highlighted this one, and it's in big bold letters in my two reference sheets that I'm using right now, a website and my own notes. And it's the fact that Ahsoka, Mandalorian, and Rangers of the New Republic will have a crossover event. Yeah. Sure. They're taking place all at the same time. So they're going to be able to interchange and interject into each other's timelines. So that's a good idea. Similar to the CW-verse, formerly known as the Arrowverse. Well, I can see, obviously, Ahsoka is going to be focused on Thrawn. Yeah, maybe. Right? You know what? At this uh, point... Well, it's going to be an element at play in it, yeah. but who knows where they go. But we know that there's rumors of the Mendelssohn guy playing Thrawn and whatnot. Uh, the guy who actually voices him in Rebels will be the person actually portraying him in real life. These are all rumors, and I get it. We we try not to get too much into rumor land, but a lot crystallized yeah. out of this whole idea that Dave Filoni is calling a lot of shots along with John Favreau and going to make a lot of stuff happen. And Disney, uh, like, they also announced that they're building three more volumes around the world, right? Yeah. So this is this is them going into crazy production because if you think 10, you know, whatever the actual number of things that are going to be filmed are coming out and you you have to think that other Marvel shows are going to be taking advantage of the volume because this is now distributable technology for Disney. 
mm-hmm. to use however they want, right? And Lucasfilm's always being a gun for hire, you know, hence them doing the Star Trek movies and stuff like that and Jurassic Park and all of these things. They're the ones that are out there doing all the background special effects. And this is now a new handy tool that yep. changes storytelling. Yep. Yeah. Also announced on Disney Plus was Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is an animated series about the Bad Batch of Clones from the Clone Wars. Um, Star Wars Andor, starring Rogue One's Diego Luna, is coming to Disney Plus in 2022. The Acolyte, a new Star Wars Star Wars series, helmed by Russian doll creator uh, Leslie Headland, set in the High Republic era of the franchise, is coming to Disney Plus. I know that this is what I'm the most excited for, and that's Obi-Wan. And it was also announced that Hayden Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader for that. That's yeah. pretty cool. That, I'm excited I don't about think that. anyone expected that. Yeah, yeah. So, Phil, you won't be seeing him at, at uh, Toys R Us in Newmarket anymore. He'll be uh, in one of the Disney vaults. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's he's gonna yeah, this is this is really Disney um coming clean and giving both you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen the ability uh like they're they're for, they're they're apologizing. They're saying, you know, maybe the prequels didn't go the way that they should have. Maybe you guys took a, a crap ton of abuse. But here's your chance to actually stretch out on your characters and you know, apply your trade. In a more, you know, in a more forgiving way. Like, they're just going to say, hey, look, here's a real script. Here's real dialogue. Let's get into it and let's let's redeem the choices. Yep. Also, a droid story. A new project for Disney Plus will feature um, a new hero alongside R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yeah. Sure. I'm more excited about the Acolyte because I love the idea that they're going to be telling the story from the Sith side. Yep. That's a bit of a brave move. Or from someone Sith-esque for sure, yeah. Yeah, that that could be really captivating. And Andor, I just want to point out, Andor is going to be practically shot. It's not going to be as much in the volume. However, they are building a volume in London. But this looks like it's in full production, started two weeks ago, um, at Pinewood Studios. Yep. So they showed a short clip. And it's all practical. So this is an amazing spot. It it looks way better than I think people would have thought. And it gets into that gray zone that we talk about on our show in Mandalorian this week, where it's that gray zone of of the ethics of the universe. And we're going to see the spotlight be put on a guy who's pretty ruthless from the rebellion side of things Mm -hmm. and is very motivated about being in the rebellion due to the the political crisis that the clone war like that the prequel set up yeah so his parents were you know on the other side of things you know that we're still not done with uh, the announcements like it's crazy all right yeah in new event series whatever they want that to mean which i'm assuming is limited series contained within itself ish um, is coming to Disney Plus, and it's Star Wars Lando. Um, and then yeah. lastly, Star Wars Visions is an upcoming anime anthology series coming to Disney Plus. So that is all of the Disney Plus series 
coming from Lucasfilm. Yeah, we have no idea what Lando's going to be, if it's going to be a cartoon or if it's going to be Donald Glover or anything. So that'll be fun to to track, at least now it's out there. Yep. All right. Movies. So we got movie announcements. So they're not shying away from movies. They do have a plan for movies, and this is something that a lot of people are thinking about. I'm going to throw in there because it's part of a show, Willow. Oh, God, right. Is Lucasfilm is bringing Willow back on Disney+. Plus. Yep. And sure, why not? Yeah. So that's going to reignite all the all the geekdom around that. So yep. got Dark Crystal, you're going to have to have Willow. Yeah, so that, that's exactly. the way it is. Sorry, right, in terms of No, no worries. Star Wars movies, uh, Wonder, Woman's 19, Wonder Woman 1984's Patty Jenkins uh, will be directing the next Star Wars movie which is called Rogue Squadron, and that is due out December 2023. Yeah, we have something to look forward to as far as a theatrical release for Star Wars, which yep. Disney are playing this right. They're they're teasing us out with the shows, and they've set a date that's far enough off that it feels like forever, and it's it'd be interesting to know what time frame it's in. Is it exactly? New Republic? Is it old? You know what I mean? Like, is it in the time when Rogue Squadron was big? I just see it as this time-honored tradition of Rogue Squadron being an elite force that they can storytell at any point in Star Wars. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to mean something. Yep. And then the last movie announcement that was shared is another badly kept secret in that it Taika Waititi Star Wars movie is going to be and officially in development. Yeah, and it had this wacky Star Wars graphic. Yeah. I I don't know what to expect. I yeah. really don't. It it just sounded like the way Kathy was talking. Like it's just going to be a really interesting humor based, you know, uniquely Taika Waititi's style. You know, it, yeah. it's. It's going to be a fun time. They're like, yeah, oh, we have one of the best directors out there, and we're locking them into this. Yeah. So I hope that that sticks around because what was it? Uh, Gilroy was announced as doing the Andor series, which he was the producer that they kind of muscled in, or the director that they kind of muscled in over the the, the other guy, Gareth Edwards, in uh, Rogue One. So mm-hmm. it's interesting, you know, there's, they're finally starting to settle down on directors, but it is Lucasfilm, and I'm worried about what the hell happens behind that camera. Yep. Because one they're, they're not... Yeah, one thing is making yeah, they don't all have these announcements. Track. They don't have a good track record. You're right, Phil. One thing is making all these announcements, having a plan for the future, but let's see what actually materializes and what makes it to air, what makes it to theaters, what makes it wherever it's destined to go. Um, but, you know, having a plan... And making that public, having that roadmap, you know, it's very much like a software company at this point. And let's see what we get. Yeah. And the final thing that I took note of was they are starting to shoot Indiana Jones 5 this spring. So they've got Harrison Ford locked up for it. I think that that's a a show when I'm watching and this is going to sound really morbid. But when I'm watching the cast of Star Wars drop one by one <laughs> for the past couple of years, 
I think it's better to get that on the film, whether or not it's going to be any good. It's still going to be like Harrison ain't getting any younger. So that's true. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be something that you celebrate because that's a cross generational kind of show, right? Like we all grew up with it, but I'm pretty sure that kids, you know, it's an easy buy in for them. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's crazy, guys. It, there's a lot coming up. That's everything in a nutshell. Let's break this nutshell and see what actually happens. And I, I just said break this nut. I'm fucking losing it at this point. Um, Geek meat. Exactly. All right, guys. My dog I've... agrees with Pildo. Yeah. You heard him voicing yeah. his opinion. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool, guys. All right, Phil, tell our awesome listeners where and how they can get a hold of us. Why, certainly. You can find us on the internet at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere you find like like podcasts. We're there, but we're on iHeartRadio and Amazon, so please be sure to click subscribe and leave a rate and review. It greatly, uh, we greatly appreciate it, and we we just yeah, thank you so much for listening. Yep, we have a bunch of shows coming out. So Monday we have Mandalorian, as our Mandalorian review, as we review Chapter Fifteen, Season Two, Episode Seven. Um, that's honestly a must listen. It was a fun discussion. Um, we also have Day One of our Twelve Days of Christmas, um, so you can listen to us talk about all things star wars or star trek star below trek. decks star trek i am so sorry it's star trek below decks um so you can listen to us talk unfavorably about something with justification so that's everything guys he's phil he's tyler i'm boris good night cheesecake <laughs> <laughs>